good that he has some time to recover, but of course it leaves us in a pretty pretty difficult uh, situation now because my all my key players in the defense are also uh, injured. Christoph Zimmermann still out, Grant Hanley out for the season. Um, Sam Byram, um, even some of our younger options in the um, under 23 are injured. So it's complicated. It's it's tricky. So we don't have uh, or we just have one. Um, natural uh, centre-back uh, available at the moment, uh, our pretty young guy, Ben Godfrey, in his first season of the Premier League. Of course, it's a bit uh, complicated, but um, yeah, you have to handle uh, this this uh, kind of, of situation during the season. And uh, yeah, I trust my group of players uh, and, and we'll find some solutions. Uh, we have some experienced players. Alexander Tete, for example, has played this role uh, before. Jamal Lewis could also play such a role. Um, we have also the option to to switch perhaps to a bit different different formation. So uh, we'll try to find an answer, and hopefully it's a good decision. Then. You have any other concerns? I mean, there were players that came off against Manchester United. How's the rest of your squad looking? Yes, it was of course lots of uh, lots of load. It was the third game within uh, just eight uh, eight days, and uh, yeah, this um, without proper preseason, and uh, had to substitute. Uh, Lucas Rupp with a hip problem, uh, also Ted Cantwell with some problems with abductors and after the game also Max Ahrens uh, was struggling with some calf problems and uh, also Adam Ida with uh, problems with his uh, quad. Um, we will have to make a few uh, late decisions. Uh, what I can say is that uh, Todd Cantwell is available, that's, uh, that's a good news. Um, so no problem with him, but uh, there are still a few concerns and question marks behind the likes of, of Lucas Rupp with his hip problems, also Max Ahrens with his uh, car problems and also Adam Ida. Um, yeah, we'll have to make a late decision. So I'm pretty confident that they all will be available, but um, we'll have another training session and, and then more or less like a, a last test tomorrow morning. And then we see if they all are available. I hope they are. Um, in addition to that, uh, Moritz Leitner is, uh, won't be available for tomorrow because he's got some ongoing um, assessment uh, because of some hernia problems. Um, so that's uh, our personal situation. Three matches since the restarts. Um, they've they've all been defeats. But but how much encouragement do you take from the performances, particularly against Everton and Manchester United in in the FA Cup? Well, defeats are always disappointing, uh, without uh, without any doubt. But I I also got the thing in in, in terms of. Uh, of the quality of the performance, we're totally heading into the right direction. Yeah, first game against Southampton was a good first half, but the second half was not on our top level, and for that we deserved to lose this game against Everton. Was much more, much better performance, and it was more than unlucky that we lost this game. So actually, we deserved at least one point. Actually, I think in terms of the chances, we were the better side. And against Man United after night, it was a draw, and we were looking like. Uh, we, especially in terms of the chances, we would uh, would win this game. Of course, the red card then the uh, overtime has uh, changed a bit the momentum of the game. Um, but in general, so it's I got the feeling so. Especially the last two performances were were pretty good in terms of defending. We looked pretty solid, uh, created also more chances than the opponent. And uh, yeah, it's more like um, the last bit of uh, efficiency was uh, was left in order to um, to be more successful. But I got the feeling so performance-wise, we're heading. To the right direction. If we can go for the on this way, then I'm pretty sure uh, we'll win um, definitely a few points in the in the last games, and hopefully we can start already tomorrow with this. Seven matches to play, six points from safety. Are we getting to the point where you have to win every match 
to stay up. Yeah, if we would lose the next uh, two uh, or three, then definitely. But uh, I, I described this a bit like a like a best of best of nine series. Uh, our last nine games. And it's more like we need to be there with five wins to to win the series. Yeah, of course, the two first two games against Southampton and Everton you know, leaves us in a situation where we are now two back in uh, in the series. And of course, the pressure is a bit on us that we pretty soon, better sooner than later, uh, win the first game. But uh, it's it's um, uh, never the solution just to think about okay we have to win five out of the next seven or whatever let's let's concentrate game after game and 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 concentrate on the next game um, in order to to uh, try to win the points uh, at the end rate so we know that it will be a huge task and we are not the favorite in the, in this game but if we if we can go on with the same unity and togetherness and spirit and quality of performance like we were there in the last two games then we definitely have a chance also. Uh, to win points, and that's uh, what you're trying to do. So this is your first away match since since the restart. In some ways, might that help you? No, it doesn't. It doesn't help. So I think, in general, so you can also judge it from the statistics. Also, in, in Germany, when there were more game days, it's more like the home advantage is a bit away yeah? because supporters are not uh, are not there and and. Um, I think it doesn't make such a big difference if you play at home or, uh, or away, of course. And it's more like with the travel, of course, it's a bit more comfortable to, to play at home. That's uh, without any doubt. But on the other hand, yeah, travel from Norwich to, to, to London is not um, unbelievably difficult. And for that, um, yeah, it's, it's um, not really a, an advantage for Arsenal or something something like this. Of course, you feel a bit more comfortable in your, in your home stadium because you know the circumstances but uh, we've played more or less meanwhile also in the, in the recent years in, in all stadiums so for that it's nothing that we are surprised or whatever so I think at the moment uh, the bit uh, the home advantage with the, with the supporters is a bit away and for that I don't think it uh, plays an important role uh, if you play a home or away match so it's more like the quality of the uh, of the opponent uh, is, is uh, always um, yeah, a key factor and we know that Arsenal is of course Still, one of the um, most potential clubs in the in the whole country. Tell me, what what do you make of Arsenal under Mikel Arteta? When you played Arsenal earlier in the season, uh, Unai Emery had just gone and Freddie Lundberg was in charge. How do you see Arsenal this Arsenal under Arteta? Yes, first of all, they still have uh, unbelievable amount of of quality players, yeah, especially also in the in the offense, uh, unbelievable. Um, yeah, also number of, of high quality players and and yeah, when a player like Mesut Özil is sometimes uh, not even in the travelling squad, that says a lot about the, the quality of um, of uh, of these players. And when I judge uh, the offensive players in the, in the last games, yeah, for example, uh, they were able to rest uh, Aubameyang in the last game. For me, a, a world class offensive player um, who is in each and every season there with with more than twenty goals and, and for me, a world class. Striker was um, most recently played also quite often on the wing and is also a threat with his uh, pace. So it says a lot about the quality of the um, of the group when um, you are able to rest um, players of of, uh, of this quality and and he can play right now pretty recreated against us. So um, it's it's not easy. I think um, yeah, Mikel has has brought new energy and in, uh, also into this into this club and. Also, um, yeah, see, of course, also a bit like uh, that. That he was, uh, yeah, worked pretty long as assistant coach of, of Pep Guardiola, so he's pretty flexible in his approach, flexible 
uh, in a space formation also also how um yeah he has always a special game plan for each each and every game and and it's difficult uh, to prepare uh, uh, your team for for arsenal because they always try to surprise with uh, several several processes and uh, um, you, I think this flexibility is, uh, is also one of their strengths. Meanwhile, and yeah, of course, he played also the dead long on this level also for this club. It's also more like um, yeah, lots of lots of positive energy because he was uh, such a such a uh, legendary player for for them. And uh, yeah, we are full of respect, and we know we have to be there uh, at our best in order to um, yeah to be able to get some points. As a, as a fellow countryman, what do you make of? Of Mesut Ozil. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, not my topic to judge it. So uh, I wouldn't want uh, anyone uh, of any other club to speak about about my players. And for that, I think it would, would be disrespectful if I give any hints or recommendations or judgment about uh, about um, the situation. So it's it's totally up to Mikkel. It's totally up to Arsenal to to judges, and uh, I won't comment this. Managers are always under pressure, um, particularly when they're, they're not winning matches. Stuart Webber has again said uh, this week that Arsenal uh, are not going to be sacking the manager next week. They're not going to be sacking you next week. How reassuring is that for you at this moment? And, and what does that do for the, for the atmosphere around the club? Yeah, hopefully not the week after then. Um, <laughs> no, no um, Hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, you never know in this. But no, we spoke, we spoke about these topics um, uh, already, already several times, and and I know that I'm an unbelievable uh, privileged uh, role, and and feel unbelievable blessed and honored that I've got so much trust uh, of uh, of this club, and and I can trust um, my sporting director, for example. So I I can't ask for a better relationship to a sporting director. Um, to to Stuart Webber, it's it's fantastic. I can't ask to of for a better relationship to to my owners. I think to Delia Michael, they are um, fantastic people. I I can't ask for better owners. I can't ask for a better um, relationship to to our board and also to our to our supporters who are there with so much trust in the good times and the bad times. And I'm a, in a pretty privileged role, and I'm unbelievably thankful and and grateful for this. And yeah, on the other way, they uh, also know that. Um, of course, they, they have a head coach who is who's not complaining and, and just crying and, and uh, asking for, we have to spend more money, I need more quality. Um, I'm, I'm, I totally accept that we went into this season with a bunch of young lads and, and some players who have never played on, uh, on this level. And uh, I know about the size of the task and, and also that we are the only self-funding club on, on this level. And um, our relationship is, is full of trust and, and I'm pretty, pretty grateful. On the other hand, they also know that uh, they have a head coach who's not, uh, when there's a first opportunity, uh, there's a bigger club with, where, I could, where there's perhaps more money or more potential or whatever that I would uh, leave immediately or whatever. I'm, in football, so my values are a bit different. So it's, it's not like... <laughs> That I'm working in this business already since a century or whatever. I'm working meanwhile since uh, several years, and uh, thank God I was already uh, allowed to to lift three times uh, the trophy and of of, of winning a title. So uh, I know that I'm capable out of a team with with potential to uh, to make a competitor for titles and um, yeah to lift the trophy. And it's it's, it's good fun, and uh, I know that this is not res realistic for Norwich City. So we are not. Um, the favorite to win the Premier League title. I, I, I know this. And uh, of course, um, I like to compete for titles and I like also to, to, to work on this, uh, this circumstances because 
yeah we've proved several times that we're capable capable to do this but my values is, is not like just money and and counting my titles and and sometimes it's even even more worse yeah to reach something extra nobody for a smaller club than yeah just to count the 24th title for a big club who wins the title more or less like each and every year so um my values are, are a bit different and uh, um, I think we have a pretty special special relationship, but it doesn't take anything away that um, I'm unbelievably grateful and I feel really blessed and honored that uh, I'm allowed to, to work under this uh, fantastic conditions. And uh, like I said before, so I can't ask for better people to work with. Finally, I want to ask you about um, a new placement scheme that was announced by the Premier League and the EFL and the Players Union, the PFA, aimed at increasing the number of black Asian minority ethnic coaches in professional football. It's aimed at helping players move into coaching roles. How much do you welcome that scheme and, and how important is it to address this issue? Well, in general, it's, it's, it's always good to invest in development and also to, especially to help players, you know, to develop and, and um, yeah, also to become a coach and especially after the career and to be there. Um, Actually, it's, it's uh, unbelievable and, and ridiculous that we still have to, um, to, to speak about such a topic here, yeah, that there is a difference um, in, in, in terms of the color and in, in terms of the chances or whatever. So in, in our days that we actually have to speak about this is, is anyhow uh, unbelievable and, and seems to be ridiculous. But um, yeah, it's, it's also, I think, important because we have such a strong voice in, in football that we set the signs that, uh, that we are there with such campaigns and uh, I think it's a, it's a wonderful campaign and hopefully, um, yeah, it also helps that one day and hopefully this day is not too far away, uh, we don't have to speak about such topics at all because it's, it's anyhow strange and, and unbelievable and, and also unbelievably disappointing and sad that in, in, in our days we still have to speak about, uh, about problems in, uh, with this topic. Daniel, thank you very much. Uh, listen, I wish you well, safe journey and um, a good result. Nice Thanks. to see you. Thank you. Thank you. All the best. Thank you, Ian. Okay, I'll just mute. Hi, Daniel. Adam, hi. Hi, nice to see you. Um, you say the performances are, are moving in the right direction. Um, just what's more is required from your team? What more do you want to see from them? Or are they giving you everything they've got at the moment? Yes, it's not like, um, especially not for, for a team like us, you can press a button and Im uh, immediately uh, we, just because we are motivated and, and hungry to, uh, to win on this level that we, um, yeah, anyhow flow uh, through, uh, fly through this, through this league and, and easily win uh, and, and beat opponents on, on this level. We know this. So it's more like uh, we, we have to be good in many, many details and also to develop uh, our performance step by step. And I totally got the feeling so... Yeah, the first half against Southampton was good. The second half was not on our level right now. Then we had a 90 minutes on a really good level against Everton, 90 minutes on a really, really good level um, against Man United. I was especially pleased with our defending behavior, with, with being solid. Uh, also pleased that it uh, was the first time since a long time that we were able to, uh, to turn a game and, and to come back to equalize the game. Also, was important to score, yeah, because the first two games were there was without the goal. So, um, yeah. I think it's it's important anyhow. I also like to to work a bit on 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 this topic that uh, to work a bit on our efficiency that we use our chance a bit more um, more uh, clinical in order to to score more goals in order to to uh, to win football games. That's important. 
but to go further on um, also with the same um, yeah defensive uh, solidity that we had uh, in the in the last two games of course it doesn't help that much that right now we still have to um, yeah replace some key players in the defense yeah like like for example with some close and and still some key players are injured so i hope uh, although we have to do this we can um, go further on with the same defensive set up defensive solidity and even improve a bit in our uh, offensive game in terms of efficiency if we can do this then we have a good chance also to win some points yeah how much belief is there that you can still avoid relegation from the premier league Yes, we're not, uh, we not naive and we know that we have to win um, probably five out of our last seven games and there's a huge task, so we can judge it that's a huge task and, and uh, would be outstanding and something extraordinary if we can, can handle this. But uh, once you are there and, and you are there with a, with a draw against Man United after 90 minutes and you were actually the better side and had more chances, so it's more like you were pretty likely to win this game and you know that... Uh, Man United is meanwhile unbeaten since 14 games and uh, unbeaten in 2020 and probably the informed team of, of the league that says a lot about uh, that you're capable to, to be successful against each and every team and as long as you are capable to do this then you can also win games on, uh, on this level and we know that there is a bit of pressure on us uh, in terms of deliver with results. Uh, we're not naive, but uh, we still we still have a chance. And like I mentioned before, so the last nine games is a bit of a best of nine series right now. We are nine two back after the first two games in, uh, in this league. Yeah, it's difficult to win this series still, but uh, it's possible and, and doable. And uh, especially the last two performances give us, give us uh, also lots of hope and also lots of confidence, I have to say. And Daniel, if I can just finish off by asking you about Todd Cantwell. Obviously, there's been a, a lot of talk about him, the great goal against Manchester United. How do you assess his development this season? Yes, overall, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pleased. But I think it's also uh, important to, to be leveled, yeah, because... Uh, yeah, he was also a bit, bit criticised before because he didn't score that much in the, in the, in the games before. Against Southampton, he was also criticised a bit um, for, for his performance. Yeah, also was, he's also self-critical. Yeah, he was also not happy with his performance against Southampton. Uh, but we were pretty levelled and, and we didn't, didn't uh, over-criticise him. And right now, the same. So, um, of course, he was there with a good performance and uh, with a good goal. And he's crucial for us, but it's not like... Yeah, after this one game, he's then already a superstar. So it's more like quality is always defined by delivering over a long-term period. And that's what he has to do. But of course, we are overall pretty pleased with his development. He's a key player for us also in the offense. And it's also good that he's not struggling with, uh, with uh, too many problems at the moment. And he's available uh, also for this game tomorrow. What is his best position? Where is he most effective? Is it, is it out wide or is it as, as number 10 behind the forwards? Where, where, does, where is he most effective? It, it always depends a bit on the on the setup and uh, on the team. So I think uh, it's it's important as a player and then nowadays to be uh, to be uh, to be flexible. So quite often a player was playing with so much creativity and and uh, yeah, also like in, in order to 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 drive forward and also with his ability right now to score goals and to assist. Uh, quite often you speak about okay the number ten role is great, but uh, we had already many many uh, top class and world class players and outstanding players where you have to say um, everyone expects them to be a number ten or whatever one day and uh, but their best position was already uh, when they come from the wing yeah Cristiano Ronaldo Lionel Messi we had the same topic with Franck Ribéry in, in, in Germany uh, was always seen as a number ten, but once he was playing there, he was not delivering his best performance. So they needed the wing. So I think, in general, for for Todd, it's it's not that important 
uh, how you how you label his uh, position. The most important thing is um, that he's playing in a team where he can bring his strength in, and he's he's playing in a in a in a, in a team where he can influence uh, the 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 team a lot. And sometimes it's it's even easier to come, for example. A bit from a winger posi position to cut inside instead of playing in number 10 role where you always have uh, for example a holding midfielder who is concentrated on you so more like to cut a bit surprisingly inside i think uh, he can play many roles he can play number 10 he can play number eight he can play from the wing he's of course not the natural winger who dribbles uh, with speed to a corner flag and is then there with a, with a cross so it's more like to bring his his performances and his skills in order to influence the game in the center of the game uh, a lot and then you could also play for, from number six role or even like a like a striker like a false nine so um, he has many uh, possibilities and he's pretty pretty uh, flexible as a player and this is also one of his strengths great stuff Daniel all the best to Arsenal thanks sure. very much thank you thank you Adam cheers mate over to you right, Daniel hello Daniel Hi. Uh, just a couple for me if I can um Obviously, I know you don't. You're not too keen to look at other teams and what they're doing uh, at this stage. But obviously, Watford and Villa have both lost since you played against Everton. Does it feel like there's a window of opportunity, and it might just take one big result, and then it's all back on again? Yes, but but not that much because the the other results went uh, went in our favour. So more like uh, because that's the situation. Yeah, it's more like. Um, the performances are heading into the right direction and, and you know so when you need a, a spot so it's more like the if you really win one game in order to uh, to be back on track so it's it's a bit like in this finals yeah once you're nine to back then of course it's it's not that great but once, once you have this first win once you have a perhaps even a bit surprising result uh, then then you're back in the mix and we know this so, you, know, you can judge it in a, in a, uh, in a perfect way and also like uh, at the moment, it seems a bit like what I have predicted that uh, to play behind um, closed doors uh, helps a bit the, the teams with more individual quality and the, the bigger teams. So um, actually, when uh, when the motions are there, especially with the home games, um, the teams who are at the bottom of the table are more likely to win points uh, than instead of um, playing behind closed doors when the motions are a bit away. For that, I don't expect um, that too many teams at the bottom will, will collect too many points in the, in the last game day. So for that, it says even more that, uh, that each and every team has a chance and uh, so we as well. And final one, obviously you've got a few selection issues uh, to, to work through in the next 24 hours. But again, did you feel against Man United, Man City earlier in the season, that standout result against the really top teams with a lot of quality, you do look to be better when you're set up to, to almost counter and, and good shape behind the ball. And is that giving you, yourself some thoughts to go into Arsenal? Because as you said right at the outset, they've got so many good attacking quality players. It's really, is the key what you do against the ball tomorrow night? Yes, to be honest, so this was more or less like always in the, since the beginning of the season already, uh, already in my mind that, um, in general, especially after promotion, it's it's quite important that you always have to be there with a with a solid setup in in order to to be successful on uh, on this level. Um, yeah, of course, we have many uh, possession-based players and and quality players, and uh, it was a key topic that um, yeah, because of many many injuries in the in the defense, uh, we're struggling with this defensive. Uh, um, balance and and of course it was a topic where we were working a lot uh, more or less like from the first day of the season on it and and it's also like um, yeah the last games were also a bit like a like a proof for this topic yeah because 
it's when you lose a game like against Southampton, I three, it's not like the first thought is more like, okay, we have to bring even more offensive players in to win the next game 4-3 or 5-4. The first step is always like to return back to solid defensive behavior because once you are solid in your defending, once you have trust that you that you can be unbelievably solid, then it helps also your offensive game. And step by step, you can also uh, develop your offensive game. Yeah, for example, um, we started in an unbelievable solid setup against uh, against Man United, and and um, yeah, we're solid. We're controlling the center, created more chances than them, and then in the end, um, we were a bit unlucky behind. Then we had to risk more and brought more offensive players on the pitch, and uh, this uh, even in this. Period, then we were unbelievable, unbelievably solid and looked even with one more offensive players on the pitch quite solid and, and turned the game. So it's always important, especially in the beginning uh, of the uh, of a game, uh, to be solid and, and to look pretty, pretty balanced. And then you can even um, improve and, and higher the risk uh, during the game. And uh, it's, it's always a good, um, good sign if you are solid at the back, definitely. Thanks, Daniel. Good luck tomorrow night. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks, Fanny. From true crime to football, Brexit to folklore. For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archant. Hi, can you hear me? Charlie, hi. Yes. Hi, hi. Um, how how difficult are Arsenal to prepare against? Because they they seem to be a bit of a strange team where they've got so much talent and sort of Champions League quality going forward. Yet in the centre midfield and and in defence, as they showed again on Sunday, they've they've had quite a few problems. So do do you see sort of while they're very dangerous, there there's there's a chink to their armour as well that you could capitalise from. Well, we are, of course, we're always searching for the topics where we can work with and, and uh, also when we analyze the game, of course, and, and an opponent, we speak about the, uh, the strength, but also like the topics where we can work on and where we could take our benefit. And that's what you're also trying, uh, trying to do against, against Arsenal. But to be honest, I would like to have the problems that they perhaps have, if I'm, uh, if I'm honest. Um, I think it's it's unbelievably difficult to prepare uh, my team for them because um, they have so many opportunities in personal terms. They have so many quality players, and they are also that flexible in that style. I think it's one of their strengths that no opponent knows really like do they come in form information, three man formation, how's the behavior uh, of the fullbacks? Stay they in wide position? Do they come inside? Sometimes uh, they switch even uh, when they start with form information to have a build up in three minute formation. Then, more like surprisingly, fullbacks are coming inside. So, uh, I think you see already the handwriting of, of Mikel Arteta, and also like that he worked pretty long under, under Pep Guardiola, who uh, is more or less like uh, unbelievable, unbelievable skillful, especially in, in, in Tetris team, that flexible up. And you can also sense this uh, when you judge uh, Arsenal under, under Mikel Arteta. So, um, it's it's uh, definitely uh, um, uh, an opponent where we have to be at our, our best level and have to be prepared for, for many, many different scenarios. And um, yeah, hopefully we are. Thanks. Hi, Daniel. Michael, hi. Um, just, just one for me, if I may. Um, has part of how you've had to change things from, say, the start of the season to where we are now um, been with 
the fullbacks? Because I, I get the impression some have felt that you've had to kind of restrict how much they get forward in order to be a bit more solid. But I don't know if I've actually seen that myself. So what would be your reaction if someone said to you that you'd sort of adjusted how your two fullbacks, especially maybe compared to last season? No, it's more, it's, 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 um, it's more or less like the, the other way around. So we would, would like them to, to attack even more and, um, and to be more active in the, uh, in the offense. But on this level, it's, it's not that easy. So they were praised a lot for, for many, many assists, uh, for example, uh, during, uh, during the last season. Um, but for us, it's on this level not that easy always to, to be that much attacking. Of course, we need to find a good, a good balance in order to, to be solid uh, at the back and also like to attack games. And for that, it's quite natural that sometimes they, they have to be a bit more careful. But anyhow, we uh, try to encourage them even, even more. For example, um, yeah, it was a topic after, after, um, after the Southampton game and also after the Everton game that we, in our analyzing, we, we spoke about, okay, we want them even to be there with more crosses, more cutbacks, more deliveries, more that they are behind the last row of the opponent in order to, to be there. But it's, it's also for them not, not that easy. It's the first season on Premier League level and um, yeah, they still are on the way to, to develop the game. And for example, this was also a key topic uh, why we looked that great against uh, Man United there, because Jamal had many, many more movements in behind, uh, gave many more tasks. I think it was one of Jamal's best uh, best games during the during the whole season uh, so far. He was much more active in the offense, and also Max was there with with uh, better situation in the offense. So it's it's uh, not a topic where we encourage them even to be. Of course, we want them also always to be solid and, and good in their defensive behavior, but. It's also like we, we encourage them even even a bit more because it's important that they they um, also develop our game in, in, in the offense. Um, but it's sometimes difficult for us to do this uh, on this level there because yeah the other teams um, are also that strong and it's not that easy to bring always our our ideas in with one percent on the pitch. And just one more, actually, if I may. Um, obviously, ignoring the the injury doubts, maybe when you look at the squad, obviously that was a huge effort on Saturday, quite early in the restart as well. And it's obviously been quite full on. How, how are they looking? You know, because I think there's been times where you've had 120 minutes extra time and then the next game, it's sort of been quite hard in the last couple of seasons when you've gone to extra time. What, what, what do you feel when you look at the squad right now? Yeah, the biggest problem is, uh, I would say, still a bit the injury concerns in the, uh, in the defence. In terms of workloads, um, I'm, I'm not that concerned yeah? because, if I'm honest, I was even a bit, uh, a bit more for the Man United game because we just had two days. So right now, after the Saturday um, uh, game, so we of course reduced the load. So it's more like the Sunday and Monday we um, we used in order in order to um, recreate and to recover. Also today, just a just a low intensity session. Also, it helps a bit that the game is. Yeah, just in the in the early evening tomorrow. So in, in terms of in terms of time to recover and recreate, there there are enough hours between the games. So I'm, I'm not concerned at all, especially because especially in the offense we we shared lots of loads and uh, it's more like then the the turnaround to, for the Saturday game is is even a bit more complicated again. So um, it's more like um, yeah, in general. So you also also have this a bit in the back of your mind. Okay, which players do you need then? 
absolutely fit also for Saturday. This could be the, the bigger problem, but but not the quick, quick turnaround or the turnaround from, from Saturday to tomorrow. So um, I'm, I'm not that concerned about this topic. That's brilliant, Daniel. Thank you very much. Good luck tomorrow. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Michael. Hi, Daniel. Hello. Um, I was just wondering, after two pretty good performances uh, in the last two games, and yet reverses in each of those games, how as a coach do you go about maintaining the confidence of your players in a situation like this where they've played well, but it's just not gone for them, in, certainly in the Manchester United game at a very late stage? As a coach, how do you rebuild confidence in players? I think uh, the most important topic is always to be to be uh, honest and objective in your in your analyzing. So um, even as a player, I didn't like when the when the coach um, was playing psychological games and you know after unbelievable poor performance to praise us or after a great performance to criticize us. So I was never believing in this, and I'm I'm still not doing this as a as a coach. I always try. Uh, to be honest and give a realistic view and um, I think this helps uh, helps a lot so because we all know that we can't bake any results but we can deliver performances and this is our our topic and once you once you con concentrate on the contents and on the on the performance then it's more like quite often then the score will come to yourself and, and we know that sometimes you don't even get the um, deserved reward or sometimes even you have a game when you are pretty lucky that you grind out a good good result, it's more like we're not too addicted to results. It's more like we, we concentrate on our performances. So of course, we're in the end, yeah. Of course, we're playing for points and want to win games. Yeah, we know know this, and and um, there's no replacement for wins or something like this. And in, in terms of confidence and the mood, that's that's why. Right. But I think it's it's always important to be realistic in your analyzing, and for that. I think that was also good for the mood and also for the confidence that we realized, okay, the last two, two games were quite good. And for that, we travel also in a good mood and also with confidence uh, to the Emirates. And uh, just one more from me. Um, in, in a situation like this, where, as you say, you're, you're, you're in this nine-game challenge uh, sort of thing, you need some of your players to be leaders on the pitch for you, don't you? You can only do so much in the build-up, but when, it, when they go out on the pitch, you need some of your individual players to take the responsibility, don't you? Yes, that's, uh, that's absolutely spot on, of course. When you, when you are a head coach of such a, such, such a young squad, and uh, of course you have to be even more in a leader role, like in comparison yeah, to, a, to a coach who has uh, really... Yeah, unbelievable, proven and experienced many uh, lads uh, on the uh, on the pitch without any doubt. And of course, our situation is a bit complicated, yeah, because uh, our club captain Grant Hanley is out for the whole season. Our one of our natural leaders, Christoph Zimmerman, is, is out for a long season. Tim Klose was out, our most experienced player on this level, was out more or less for the whole season. Thank God he's back right now, but um, sadly then not available for tomorrow after after his red card. Of course, it's always a bit. Complicate, but we still have these leaders on, in our dressing room, also on the pitch. So Tim Krul is, is unbelievable important in this topic. Also Michael McGovern, who is not not playing that much, but uh, unbelievable experienced um, goalkeeper, good for the dressing room, important for the dressing room. Of course, Alexander Tete, Mario Francic, Timo Pukki, these are all experienced experienced lads, and you definitely need also like a, a core group of, of leaders uh, in the dressing room and on the pitch. That's definitely for sure. Thank you, Daniel. Good luck. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Tony. Okay, and finally, to end with, we'll bring in Phil Daly from the BBC. There we go. Can you hear me okay? 
Yes, Phil, all good. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I know you were talking, Daniel, about um, how um, much rest and recuperation your team are able to get, and they're all okay. I'm sure Max and Jamal and, and the younger lads are, are absolutely ready to go again. How about Alex Tetty, um, a man we've talked about for well, what feels like years uh, as not always being able to play one game after another. Sort of 200 odd minutes in the last week. Have you had to wrap him up in cotton wool or what? Yes. Yeah, so we set him in the, in the ice baths uh, and in cotton wool for the last uh, for the last days, and right now he's ready to go again. So Alex is uh, physically also in a, in, a, in, a, in a great shape and is unbelievable professional. So I, he has worked unbelievably hard also during during the lockdown. Come came back physically in a. Uh, in a great shape, of course. Yeah, it's it's never easy, especially for a midfield player who who covers uh, lots of lots of distance. Uh, not that easy uh, then to recover. But right now, this turnaround, I'm not too concerned about it. If I'm uh, if I'm honest, uh, because we had right now four days between the games, and that's anyhow possible. And and um, if I'm honest, so each and every player uh, also likes more to to play than just to train anyhow. And for that. Um, I would, as a player, I would like this uh, the spirit yeah, because it means more playing than than just training, and uh, yeah, of course you have to be smart in your recovery and also watch on each every day detail that you sleep enough on good nutrition or whatever. But uh, Alex, unbelievable experience. He knows exactly what he has to do in order to be back uh, on a in a recreated shape and um, pretty confident that he can go again. You were talking about those leadership roles and, and the people you need on the pitch. And, and he's ideal for that, isn't he? Especially where he plays on the pitch and where he might have to play on Wednesday. Alex is great. So it's no coincidence that he were quite, quite often our, his, uh, our captain armband. And, and even if he's not wearing this, so believe me, everyone respects him. So it's more like he's not uh, talking each and every day, uh, the, the whole day and, and too much. But once he speaks and uh, everyone listens and is unbelievably respectful and he's a natural born leader also in our uh, in our group and, and it's it's so important to have a, a player like him always around even if he's uh, sometimes not on the pitch or whatever for the dressing room and, and for the whole mood he's he's quite important for that I'm, I'm, I was already uh, overly pleased when when he signed also a new contract and um, yeah because he's still unbelievably important for this group your team has, has always you know, performed again. I mean, they're all big games in the Premier League, obviously, but, but against the bigger teams. And, and Arsenal is, is, a, is a great case in point. The, the game at Carroll Road earlier this season, the Cup game a couple of years ago at the Emirates. You know, Norwich have tended to find their best form, if you like, against the bigger sides. Why do you think that is? Um, yeah, well, it's... First of all, we, we, we are capable to, 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 to play on this level. So it's not like we won in the lottery in order to, to, to be allowed to play in the Premier League. It's more like we, we won the championship title with a record season, with record points and record goals. So that means we, we are competitive. So, of course, to be there always is, with this consistency is not, not, uh, not that great. And especially when you play with, a, with, a, with young lads, it helps even a bit more when you, when you go into a game and think, OK, we have nothing to lose but just to win. And, and, uh, to take this positive use naivety perhaps a, a bit and, and use this also for this for this big games and also the emotions and uh, something like this and uh, then when you when you have games yeah perhaps not against not that highly rated uh, opponents but who are coming like with yeah proper proven players on this level and you know exactly what to do in order to be effective to grind a result out then sometimes not that easy, especially with a young group uh, of, of lads to, to, 
to, to handle this pressure. And for that, yeah, you're right. Perhaps it's sometimes even a bit more, um, e a bit easier for them, uh, for the young lads to, to, to play. Yeah, against these big names and the big, this, uh, against uh, these big clubs. But um, yeah, we can't choose. Tomorrow we have again a big club and the big names and, and some top, top class players. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can prove again that against this side we are capable to be there with top performances and also really good results. The, the psychology of playing behind closed doors is interesting. I know you've been speaking about it already. Do you think it will be easier or harder for you to play at the Emirates with no fans, no no Arsenal fans there tomorrow. Um, to be honest, we can't choose for that. Um, I don't spend too much energy to to worry about this question. But it's more like in general, it's it's an advantage um, uh, to play behind closed doors for the um, uh, for the teams with higher individual quality, yeah, because the emotions are a bit away, and sometimes yeah, even even the supporters could could be a problem when you have a home game and you expect a, an easy 4-5-0 win and then sometimes yeah, the point is quite good and then the pressure increases even for the top class sides and you know it's sometimes sometimes even a bit more complicated so in general I would say and and judge it that uh, it's an advantage for the for the for the bigger clubs um, to play behind closed doors but like I like like you said so we can't choose and uh, so don't use this as an excuse or complain too much so we have the situation tomorrow to play behind um, behind closed doors and um, yeah for that we, we try to handle this uh, this topic and uh, yeah try to be as competitive uh, as possible.